Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. Amy and I cannot believe we are sitting here at the one-year anniversary of our firm, Katina and Mara. Oh my gosh. It was a... A dream that we talked about, but where we had been, like, I just never thought that it would become a reality. It was like almost like a pipe dream. Like we had certain roles where we were, we were like workhorses. I didn't think of myself, my future self as being able to, you know, actually like run a firm. So to be sitting here one year later and to be able to talk about lessons we've learned in the first year of our business is absolutely incredible to me. Don't you think? I agree with you a hundred percent. It's so funny. I w- we were just talking about this before we started, like five years ago, if you told Amy Mara that she was going to be opening her firm in five years and doing it and, and in business one year later and so excited to show up to work, I think she would have laughed at you. <laughs> and it's just incredible to see now what the vision that we had all that time, that pipe dream that we talked about for so long how it came to life and how it's different than we actually thought it was going to be, but like in really incredible ways, really incredible ways. And so there are certain things that we've learned in the past year that we thought we'd talk about today. And the first one is something that we did like day one, which is cast your vision. And it's so important. And before, when Amy and I were talking before we started recording, I have this notebook that I used Last year, it's the same notebook, and I flipped it open uh, to November 17th, 2020. Of course, I've dated the page, and I have like one of our first notes from one of our first discussions about what our vision was for our firm and what our core values would be. So I wrote down authenticity, honesty, trust, relationships, and service, which are things that have always been, even before Amy and I ever started our own firm, these were things that were true to us, right? Like, what would we always say? Like, we wanted to be authentic. We were honest with our clients. We wanted to build um, a relationship of trust with our clients. We spent years developing relationships with clients. And the purpose of what we were doing was providing service, to our clients. So we we had these core values before we ever really, I think, knew we had them. <laughs> but when we first started our firm and sat down together, we created a vision. And I think that that vision enabled us and carried us to this place. Don't you think? I agree with you. I think that um, 
it's funny. I mentioned this before with you when we were talking in prep for today that as an attorney, I never thought that a vision was necessary. I thought it was basically like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to hang our shingle. We're going to do the work. We're just going to work as attorneys. We're going to build whatever we need to build for our clients. We're going to, you know, do whatever it, whatever it is that comes across our desk and just keep on moseying along and going through those motions. But it's that reminder that you're still running a business. You have other people involved. You have clients that you're catering to and casting the vision is so much more than just about yourself and what you want for yourself, but it's also how you're going to show up every day for everybody else too. And so for us, like putting our core values on a piece of paper to remind us what those core values are leads us then every single day and every interaction that we have in our business. And it kind of gives you like a goalpost, like, what are you working towards? What is your vision? Like we have spoken, you know, uh, subsequent to our initial discussion about like, where do we want to be five years from now? Where do we want to be three years, one year, six months? Like it's important. We've learned to think about those things because it gave us like benchmarks and like, kind of like a guide as to where we wanted to take our business. And also on the flip side of the business thing, we always knew that we also wanted to have a platform like this. Having a podcast was a dream of Laura and mine because for we years, really, years, we, we talked, talked about, about it. About it. I mean, go back to the, like the first episode and listen to really that, that first initial interaction that created that shift, that turning point for Laura and I as to how we wanted to be as attorneys and knowing that there was a different way than the same old way that we'd always been used to. So when it came to our podcast, while Laura was the powerhouse driving force behind it, and I was like, oh gosh, how do we do this? How's this going to happen? We also took that project on with our core values in mind. We wanted to show up really authentically. We wanted to be really honest in the conversations. We wanted to be vulnerable so that people could actually relate to us and understand that we were trying to provide as much content and serving our audience as best as we could. Because if we had these kinds of um, voices and and people to listen to when we were in the position we were, it might've made life and business and all your struggles and challenges a little more easy. So when we casted this vision for starting this podcast, we knew what it was going to look like. We were excited to do it. And then we did it. We just started taking action, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but we put it on our vision board and then it came to be because we continue to work towards it. So building on what you just said, you have to have a plan. So number two is, it's great to have a vision and big goals, but then in the interim, how are you going to get there? Perfect example, when we were creating the podcast, there were certain steps that we had to take and I put deadlines on them. Remember? I was, you were like, when are we going to have our first episode? It was, this wasn't like beginning of May, maybe end of April. And you said, what do, so when are we going to launch it? And I was like, oh, June 1st. And you were like, wait, <laughs> that's like six uh, weeks from now. <laughs> but, it's so true that I panicked. That's the word, Laura. That's the word I you should use. I panicked. I was like, what? And I <laughs> panicked so myself. Things. I panicked yeah. myself when I gave myself that deadline. But I was like, you know what? You have to just start. You have mm-hmm. to take action. 
it's okay if you don't know what every single step is going to be. And sometimes you have to change things up as you go along. But you have to have a plan, set a goal, have a plan and take action. And we did the same thing. Like when we started our firm last year, like every month I would, for myself, I would sit down and I would say, okay, how much money do I want to bring in this month? What is the workload that I have? How many closings do I want? Like all the different elements of my practice. Mm -hmm. And I would work back from there. And some months I met my goal and some months I didn't, but if I didn't have that goal and start taking action, where, how would I even know where I wanted to go? Does that make sense? It makes total sense. It's a lot about setting the plan and taking that, those small, consistent steps every single day. So while you had these big goals, you were chunking them down into bite size. Like, what does my, my month look like? What does my week look like? What does my day look like? Everything was kind of reverse engineered, but always whatever action you were taking, it was towards the goals that you had set for yourself and what we had set for the firm as to what we wanted to do. That included mandatory admin days every single month where we meet with our accounts manager. We talk to our tax professionals. We are always checking in with each other on caseload. You know, we made sure to include those things into the daily plan because those are the things as business owners that we knew could really get left by the wayside. And we've seen it firsthand. We've seen it with colleagues. We've had experiences where those kinds of things, when left untended to, you really are going to have to play a lot of catch up. And that's Mm -hmm. not something that Laura and I ever wanted to have. Um, I will say this too, about having a plan. Like Laura said, you can have a business plan. You can make these really big goals for yourself and you can even set deadlines. But what does it mean when you don't reach a deadline? It doesn't mean that you're necessarily failing, but it might mean that you have to tweak what consistent efforts you're making every single day. So for example, if you're looking to increase a specific niche of your law practice, let's say, are you networking enough? Are you reaching out to enough people? Maybe you need to, uh, Laura, you know, our love for Grant Cardone, maybe you need (laughs) to 10X your efforts of what you're trying to do um, in order to attain, you know, that kind of clientele or in order to bring in the number of transactions or in order to, you know, even for litigation matters, in order to network more with other clients that you actually want to work with. So all of these things, taking into consideration rather than looking at them as a failure because you haven't met a benchmark or you haven't reached that goal necessarily on the time frame you've given yourself, then stop and reevaluate. Like, what have I been doing? What kind of actions have been, I've been taking? Am I showing up consistently? And how can I tweak them? It's so important to also sit down and figure out like, where are you today? Mm-hmm. Because in, I'm in a, we're in a much different place today than we were in December of 2020. Right. So each month when I sat down and looked at where I was, I was in a different place than where I was the month before. So you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you are currently. Right. So another part of that is number three, knowing your numbers. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is, I have spoken about this before. It's my, very least favorite thing to look at, to focus on because it stresses me out, but you have to do it. Like how we have to know our numbers. We have to know what we're bringing in every month, what our expenses are, 
Because then when we want to expand, like we have plans to do, we have to understand what we can take on currently, right, in order to grow. So we sit down, you know, with our accountant and go through everything as I had my head in my hands, but like, it's so important to know. And so we'll do like a projection for next year to figure out like where we want to be, where we think we'll be, and just know the numbers now so we can figure out where we want to be. Yeah. And numbers are so integral. And when we say numbers, we mean, do you understand your profit and loss? Do you understand what is being inputted into your software that whatever software that you use for your billables and for your receivables? Like, do you really understand what's going in into your business and what's coming out of your business? And if you don't, I know for me, I would feel a complete loss of control and I would feel completely unaligned with what our vision is for this firm and also for like my, you know, financial goals and what we have as financial goals. It's not all, and it's not supposed to be a terrifying thing. It's something that you're supposed to know because how can you take steps moving forward if you don't know where you are or how you've been doing in the meantime? So, you know, for us, when we've been in business, we would look at this on a monthly basis, like we said, but if we hadn't, and by month six, we realized like, wait a second, we're expensing this. We have this going out. Why are we paying so much for this? What's going on? Now you have to dig yourself out of that hole rather than having a pulse on it the entire time as you go along. When it comes to business and clients and bringing in revenue, it's the same thing. Are you wasting a lot of time in a practice area that you can either automate, delegate, or reinvent that area a little bit more so that it could be more efficient? All of these things take time to evaluate, but Laura and I have seen that through trial and error, reevaluation is really, really key, especially when it comes to your numbers. That is such a good point. You have to, like, you could be focusing on a certain practice area and maybe it's not bringing in any money or it's not, but you don't know that unless you take the time to sit down and look at your numbers, look at your different areas, look at what's bringing in what, and then maybe you can realize that maybe you need to shift your focus a little bit, right? You know, right. in terms of practice areas or whatever, whatever business you might be in. Like if you sell certain products and you think one product is bringing in a lot more money than it actually is, maybe you need to shift your focus a little bit, right? And how much time you're spending on working on those those projects too, or or creating that content, or you know putting out things to your clients or are you targeting your clients the way that you should be? I think there, what is it? There's a principle that says 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your top producers or something along those lines. I think the Pareto principle, but that's something really crucial too. And we learned this at, at former trainings that we've been on that the repeat customers that some of our business clients could really like engage with and like tackle would be huge sources of revenue, but they're not looking at it that way. They're looking at it as I need to get new clients. I need to build new relationships all the time. But a lot of the times the work that you can bring in can also come from where you are right now. And just by showing up and telling people, this is what I do and I can do this as well. And so if you know anybody, please refer them over to me. All of these things are like those little tweaks but you have to reevaluate 
those numbers. You have to reevaluate where your sweet spot is and where you can really monetize and capitalize. Which brings us perfectly to number four. Yes. You have got to focus on service first. At least that's what we have learned in the last year. Cultivating relationships with your existing clients, when they bring you quote unquote new work, that's still new work. And if they're bringing you additional work, that means you're providing them a good service. The purpose of our firm is to provide a certain service to our clients. For clients that we represent in litigation, it's to either prosecute their case or defend them. We are general counsel to a company. It's to give them whatever counsel that they need throughout the course of their business. It's a real estate transaction. It's to either you know represent somebody purchasing a house or selling a property, whatever it may be. The purpose is to provide a service right. to that client. And yeah. so rather than focusing on, look, money is important, right? Like your business needs money to function. <laughs> so there has to be some kind of uh, focus on profits. But at least for us, it can't be number one. Because if we're only focusing on the money, it takes away from the focus on the service that we want to provide to our clients. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And it also can be implemented into your own company culture. Focusing on service first also means that you're focusing on how you can make your business run the most effectively with the most effective people that are also just happy to be working for you. So when it comes to company culture, which we've talked a lot about too in previous podcast episodes, company culture is all about servant leadership as well. So you need to lead your team and serve them so that they can show up as the best versions of the people that they are. And then that translates into the employee that they are for the business. And all of that is going to roll downhill into your business and it's going to benefit your business. So rather than thinking that I have this staff of people, oh, you know, I hate that word. I hate that word. So let's call it a team. If I have this team of people that are working for, for the the company, um, you should be focused on how do you serve that team the best so that they can continue to want to serve you and the business the best. It's not about the team serving you and your individual goals. It's a greater theoretical question to have as to how can I serve these people who are showing up at this company to do the best work that they can and hopefully fulfilling work that they can. And I know that if I serve them well, it's going to benefit the business in the long run. So it's, it's a shift of focus. It's a shift of perspective. Yes. And it's also important to sit down and evaluate how are you serving your clients? Like, are you giving them the best service for us? Communication is huge. There's certain things that we like to pride ourselves on in terms of our relationships with our clients. But sometimes I do sit back and look at my list of people that I'm working with and say, okay, is there anything else I can do for this person? Is there anything that I can be doing better? Um, Because they are paying us, but they're paying us to provide a service. Yeah. Right. And so the purpose of our firm is to serve our clients the best that we can. Go ahead. You were about to say something. I was going to say too, that it also goes to the joy that you have in showing up for your business every day. So for Laura and I, we've talked about this, that there might've been a point in time where we were confusing what was, you know, going on in our environment and what was happening with us just, you know, 
mentally about the practice of law and whether or not we even liked being attorneys. And for us now showing up as business owners every day and showing up as attorneys every day, the joy that we get is from serving our clients and serving them really well and finding that they want to come back and ask us for other questions or they have that other thing that they need to talk to us about. Or if we know somebody else that could help them with this issue, that that's part of the joy in the process. So if you focus on serving people well, I can almost guarantee you that you are going to get joy out of that pro- process, unless you have a really terrible client that you're working with more. <laughs> Which we've had to. <laughs> we know. We just talked about it very recently. <laughs> yes. um, that can happen. But again, just focus on serving those people well, and you can serve them well enough to get yourself to the resolution that you need to, or to put a pin on the case or the transaction that you're working on. And then you can move on from that. But again, if you focus on the service first, it's going to make it a more enjoyable process to be in business, especially be in business for yourself. So these are, I would say, the four main lessons that we've learned in our first year in business. And so what we will do now, um, which we were talking about before we started recording, is we're going to sit down again and look at like the notes we made a year ago, what our goals were, what our vision was for this year, and then figure out what we want to do in 2022, right? So it's a process, but we think it's important to have that vision, which is going to change over time. And I'm sure we will learn more lessons in our second year in business, but these are the four major lessons that we learned in our first year that we wanted to share with you. And we hope that they're helpful and we can't wait to bring you more in 2022 and talk about the lessons that we learn as we go along in building this firm. So thank you for spending some time with us this week and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.